Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This is Paul Hawksby. And Andy Jacobs. And this is the H&J Daily. Some of the best bits of this afternoon show. Thanks, as always, uh, for tuning in. Uh, and we had a great guest in today. Jeff Pope is a big football fan, Spurs fan, but he is the writer of Stan and Ollie, the film about Laura and Hardy, which mm. is a great critical acclaim. I've seen it. It's a fantastic film. And Jeff was very entertaining, wasn't he? He was good. Yeah, very good. So uh, we had a chat about last night's game yeah. and some various other matters. Mike Dean. We've, we had some ideas oh, for yeah, Mike, Mike Dean, Dean that you weighed in good, on. Yeah. So thank you very much for those. And yeah. Clips um, of the Month. Clips of the Month. Yeah, we're going to bring you the Clips of the Month, which features a classic from Mr... Uh, Parry. So uh, here they all are. And it is squeaky bum time officially already, isn't it? And this, yeah. It's so exciting now. I think it's uh, it's good because, it, you know, neutrals, of course, Liverpool fans would just love it to be a sort of 10 point lead mm. and they stroll to the title, but neutrals don't want that. So last night was, uh, you know, exciting. And West Ham, what a funny team West Ham are. Aren't they? Yeah. At times this season, they've looked absolutely brilliant. And at times they've looked pathetic. Mm. It must drive the manager mad, the uh, newly shorn quite young hairstyle for Manuel Pellegrini. Yeah, he's he's moved away from the Nan's hair look, hasn't he? But whether you like VAR or you don't, or you don't want it, or you do want it, when you see those two decisions last night, you think, it's got to come, you can't have this anymore. I mean, the first goal, the linesman, what did he think? He must have thought, blimey, what's James Milner doing there? Because he wasn't looking, was he? No. So he was a ferocious gum chewer. I thought perhaps he'd just put a piece in and was trying to extract the maximum minty flavour out of it or something. I don't know how, and the one at the end, Unbelievable. I don't know if he did that just to make the other fella feel better about himself, but it was incredible. It, it, it is odd, isn't it? I mean, the the first one, he's clearly ball-watching. You can see his head position, mm. can't you? So oh, yeah. he doesn't spot sort of Milner. But the second one, I can't work out at all. He's in line, the linesman. Isn't absolutely he? in line. And so I can't quite see what... Um, Klopp's complaining about. I mean, they had a goal that they didn't ever look like scoring given to them, and they nearly had a winner presented to them, and he's complaining about the officiating. Yeah, it's, it's he could be in a bit of trouble for that. So and it was a bit of... I, I, well, I, mm. you know, he said there were make-up decisions going on effectively, so he thought the ref knew he'd made a mistake in the first half and, and put it right. It's, oh, that's rubbish. the subtext. But I, didn't, I couldn't think of any what? decisions yeah, in the second half, particularly... None. That, uh, that were make-up decisions, not no. big ones. Anyway, there might have been a few niggly fouls he didn't like the look of. But I know it. what Pep's saying when that chance was missed at the end. It was obviously Divock Origi, he's my baby. He would, he would have been singing that. <laughs> he certainly would have been. Yeah. But uh, yeah, no, it's enjoyable, you know. And uh, I'm not sure um, Anderson was the man of the match. I think I would have gone with Declan Rice. He's terrific, yeah. isn't he? What a terrific player! Brilliant player, great yeah. on the ball, you know. So. 
That was good. Uh, yeah, so most enjoyable. But I think Michael Antonio might need to update his celebration. I think Gangnam style is a bit so 2012, isn't it? <laughs> Honestly. <laughs> I'm really Mr. Zeitgeist there. At least do gentlemen. Oh, the follow-up. Well, they, the, the follow-up that didn't quite <laughs> become never, the hit it should have never, been. Never took off, really. Yeah. And uh, Mike Dean is just... Stam, it's got it. It's oh, got yeah. it. Uh, this is Scott. It's got to be called Stam and Ole, isn't it? Stam and Ole. Yapstam and Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. That's a very good idea. It'd be a wonderful film, that, Scott. Thanks very much. Excellent. One of the, the best stories ever about... Mm. Um, about Yap Stam as he went to this cinema many, many years ago when we were just working on oh, yeah, Sunday morning. He can mix. He, he went off uh, to the cinema. What was his name? Jerry, the, the journalist who works on the Daily Start the time. Jerry. Oh, Jerry Lawton? Jerry. No, it wasn't no, that. Jerry wasn't Lawton, wasn't anyway, it, we'll come back to us. So this is the guy who always got these great little stories, kind of uh, showbiz mm. stories. Oh, I know. He listens yeah. to the show. He yeah, does. We speak Jerry, we do apologise. We can't. Is it can't Jerry? Uh, maybe it wasn't. Anyway, we'll come back to that. Oh, the point right, of it you know was, who you are. <laughs> yeah, you know you are. Well done. Please stop listening now. <laughs> um, the point of it was that he yeah. went to the cinema with mm. his um, wife and bought forty-three pounds worth. That's sterling. <laughs> forty-three pounds worth of pick and mix. That's a lot of pick. That's and a lot of pick and mix. I wonder if it's Alex. Take home in a suitcase. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, it's not, is it? I mean, if you go into a cinema 40, now, Yeah, but in those days... That's about eight sweets these days. No, no, but pounds. All right, 43 pounds then is now yeah. worth 70 pounds. I tell you what, a little bit of sport at Wembley. <laughs> a little bit of sport at Wembley. Uh, mm. If you ever just... If you, if the football is not uh, tra- keeping your attention, or if you're going there to watch Spurs, or indeed England, mm. uh, is to go look at the pick and mix at Wembley. Um, and you, you see people do it all the time because my mate Tony, he always mm. says, I'm going to buy some sweets. first time he got to Wembley, he said, I'm going to buy some sweets. I can't buy sweets at the old White Hart Lane. Mm. He was very happy. So we go over and he, he fills a, a sort of medium-sized bag he thinks he'll get him through the game. And he gets it weighed. And so it's all like, a, it's like it was like a silent movie. We're looking from a distance down having a pint. And he gets them weighed and then... Looks looks a bit shocked, and then takes and then starts emptying quite a lot of them back, and then gets them reweighed. Because if what would normally, but you'd think, oh, yeah, I've done gonna, that with nuts. It's gonna, very easy to do. You owe, you you overdo it. Well, this yeah. they're, they're quite expensive. They're more expensive than truffles, and I don't mean the chocolate version at Wembley the sweets. And you often see it. People go up, yeah. they get a load of sweets for the kids. And she says, there, yeah, that'd be 36 quid, please. And then they tip them all back. Yeah, there you go. Four sweets for you. Knock yourself out. I, I was uh, went to see, I think it was Chelsea, Liverpool, the first Mourinho era. Yeah. Uh, it, was old, it was a semi-final at Old Trafford. We came back on the on the bus. We were mm-hmm. on the sporters coach sort of thing. And Aggie, who I sit next to, or sits behind me at football, he goes into the thing and he starts doing the pick and mix. Into the service yeah. station, yeah. And he's basically, by the time he's a bit of a queue, by the time he's got to the actual counter, he's basically eaten the whole lot. <laughs> Paid for about one one of those flying saucers. That was really? about it. Yeah. So, that's the way to go. So he ate them as he walked round. Yeah. Well, that's technically theft. So <laughs> let's, let's not revel in that. <laughs> Are we? No, we not. Um, my wife's a friend of hers was married to an Egyptian guy. When he first mm. came over here, he'd wander around the supermarket eating all the fruit. Yes, you can't no, do that. Want to try first? And he yeah. was doing all, yeah. Yeah, they said, "Well, you can't do that. You can't do that in Tesco's. <laughs> you can't do you that can't anywhere. Try it all the... first. You think, well, I don't think you can do that anywhere way... in the world. I well, that's think. that's the way you buy. Yeah, I think in the local market where he lived, just outside of Cairo. We still it... don't think the local market bloke in Cairo would be quite happy if you, you know, say, moose turned up and started eating all these. Oh, fruit. moose is different, isn't he? <laughs> moose is a moose is not going to eat your fruit. It'd be it's, moose has never eaten fruit in his life. Let's be honest. If you own Cairo Pick and Mix, that's where you got to start worrying. What a great business. Uh, Coming up uh, Mm. this afternoon, 
Cairo Pick and Mix. <laughs> Hello, Cairo Pick. Yeah, I'll just put that. What's the hold music? Like a choice of Tamla or... Uh, OK. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from TalkSport. Hawksby and Jacobs here on TalkSport and it's time for the Clips of the Month for January. We have uh, six for including quite an epic one. Oh, yes. Um, but it's, I think it's worth the wait. Um, anyway, uh, we kick off with a caller to the sports bar. Hi, Jackie. Hi, Hello. Hi, Jackie. How are you, Jack? Uh, just one minute. Mum, will you please stop trying to ring me because I'm going on TalkSport. I've told you what to do. Right, thank you. There we are. <laughs> Perfect, isn't it? Very good. Now, uh, last month we discovered that Sam Matterface had gone into the Witness Protection Programme. Yeah, a bit worrying. It's going to be very interesting, Sam, to see what Spurs do tonight and what Chelsea do. Absolutely, because at the weekend both these two teams had um, not easy games, but games where they were able to rest players and change things up. Still, uh, still sounds like him. <laughs> it does. So, I mean, a little I, bit know, deeper. But... Yeah, just a little bit. It wasn't really fooling anybody. <laughs> it was a nice the end problem. It was a problem with his line, apparently. I quite it's, like it's it. Cool, I, quite I like that effect on my great. voice. It'd be great yeah, here in, yeah. in commentary, wouldn't it? And uh, now here we have Mark Saggers at Manchester City versus Burton, attempting to attract a player's attention. Just a thought about all of this. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, you, you put it uh, perfectly. That uh, was Benjamin but... Mendy, by oh, the way. Was. How is he? How are you? Ben. 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 Ben, 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 Ben. Dan, Dan, Dan. <laughs> we added the Dan. I, I do like that one. <laughs> we move on to breakfast where Mark Butcher is talking to Big Al. Yeah. So, Butch, what have you on today? Are you busy today? Not anymore. No, not, not once you? we're done here, Al. I've, oh. I've had an early, early morning with the with the little one. Yeah. And um, I'm probably going to go back and relieve uh, relieve the missus. Oh, we hope that goes well. Yes. Butch. Uh, next, Andy, give us the next one. This is David Marsden with the sports news. Leeds United owner Andrea Rad- Andrea Radzani has met with his Derby counterpart. Uh, uh, might as well just give up. <laughs> you know, give it another go. The one Derby, more bulletin. I do like the Derby counterpanter. <laughs> yeah. It's very good. It's a bit deep joy, folly in the thunderbolts. <laughs> yeah, it's Stanley Unwin, isn't it? Definitely. Uh, d- okay. Anyway, and finally, this is the long clip we were telling you about earlier on. But please stick. With it, we think the payoff's worth it. It's Danny Kelly on the warm-up, regretting asking Mike Parry the question, how do you get from Bournemouth to Goodison Park? What happens is you come out of Bournemouth, you go along the West Way, you then head down the, the A27, and then you, you see the, um, the sign which says M3. So you go left onto the M3, you're now on the M3 heading up towards the M25. However, being smarter than the average bear, you only go as far as the A34, and you come off the A34, and then you're heading towards the Midlands. Now, the A34, if you stay on it, will take you all the way to Salford in Greater Manchester, which isn't any good if you're going to Goodison Park, obviously, but it goes right to the northwest of England, okay? However, again, smarter than the average bear, you then get onto the M40. And then the M42 to go around Birmingham, onto the M6, OK? And by the way, again, if you're smart, you can pay five or six quid on the toll, toll road yeah. the toll road, and, and get through it much, much quicker than the ordinary M6. It brings you out just shy of Junction 8, which is the A5. You go off left on the A5, and you go along that road there, under Ironbridge, which was built by Thomas Telford and all that, 
Then you turn right up the A41 and you're heading to Chester. You then go along that carriageway, you pick up the M53, you go shooting down the Wirral, you go through the Kingsway Tunnel. You then come up uh, on the other side, obviously, on Merseyside. You uh, you go into uh, Everton Valley and onto the maybe the car park at Stanley Park. You are then a 200-yard walk away from Goodison Park. Easy. How often does this go wrong with roadworks and things, this journey for you? I never do it now. If I go to Goodison now, I do the train. <laughs> Genius, isn't it? <laughs> it's ridiculous. God, so long, isn't it? But Fantastic. It's just the whole setup, and then then he gets the train. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Fantastic. So there we Good are. Which, which one did you like most? Was it uh, the uh, lady on the phone to the sports bar telling her mum not to call? Uh, was it Sam Matterface in the witness protection program? Uh, was it Mark Saggers? Dan, Dan. Uh, was it Mark Butcher? <laughs> I like that one. Uh, was it David Marsland and the Counter Panther? Or was it uh, Mike Parry and Danny Kelly there on that long trip from Bournemouth to Goodison Park? You can vote for your favourite at TSH&J. Um, the producer says through a convoluted series of semi-finals and finals. Oh, yes, of course, yeah. So, yeah, it's it's not a simple system. I mean, it's, that's a very easy to understand system. You can't go wrong. So well, go the go. ones that get the most votes go to the next round. and that's that's, Oh, yeah, that's how it yeah. tends to work, isn't that's it? The right. semi-final and the final, yeah. final situation. So <clears> at <throat> TSH&J, T-S-H-A-N-D-J on Twitter, go along there. Through the uh, series of semi-finals and finals, we will have a winner just before 4 o'clock when Matt Holland is here. Uh, with Adrian Durham. It's Hawksby and Jacobs here on Talk Sports, and uh, you've been telling us this afternoon how Mike Dean should mark his 100th red card. He has hmm. given the most red cards in his career to Manchester City and Chelsea players. It's going to happen, isn't it? It's got to happen. This weekend he's doing Manchester <laughs> City versus Chelsea, so it's a pretty good chance it could come this weekend. You've been suggesting ways to, to mark it, like any player would reaching a landmark. Hmm. Uh, David Collins says uh, when Mike produces Andrew's red card, he should immediately leave the game, John Terry style, and his assistant ref should cover him in a red cape and escort him off like James Brown. <laughs> shouting, Mike Dean! Mike Dean! I can see the, uh, the Linos doing that. Tremendous. Hype men. Um, Mike Dean, surely it's got to, it should be like a VHS video in the start of the whole 100 great goals tapes, says uh, Jose. Yeah. Be, you have that on the big screen. That would yeah, be good, certainly. yeah. Yeah. Um, which other ones have we got? Super glue a party popper to the back of its hundredth red, says Tyrone, so he can blow that as he shows the red card to the player. No, uh, no, you see, no, it wouldn't be it's a party popper. It's not one of the blowers. So as he, oh, I blow, see, oh yes, yeah, oh yes, so sort of streamers. Oh, come the out streamers as the card and yes, and I cover Eden Hazard in streamers as he sends him off. I've gone down, <laughs> I've gone down the wrong route. That doesn't quite work. Um, and yes. He should do a card drop, like a mic drop. Oh, that's a good says, idea. Uh, that's a very good idea. Nice I like idea. that. Yeah. Uh, Mike should <laughs> wheel away. the card and then just drops it like that. That's fantastic. Wheel away to one of his assistant referees, kneel and be knighted with his with the flag. like a <laughs> That would be quite nice. Yeah. On his knees, that's good. That's from Bernardo. The flag went wrong. It broke last night. Simon Beck, the assistant, needed a new flag from yeah. Graham Scott. Don't know why he bothered, really. He didn't, didn't want to wave it. It's an interesting Barnet he's got going on there, isn't it? Oh, Imagine yeah. him in the mirror in the referee's room before saying, you're talking to me. Yeah. You're talking to me. <laughs> it's a bit Travis Bickle, isn't it? It was very Barnet. Travis Bickle. Yeah. So, uh, you, you know, yesterday I was, uh, it was my turn to be the photo in the, yeah. in the uh, sort of radio guide in the sun. 
And uh, today it's, <clears> it's a big picture of uh, Big Alan, and it says here, the former Ipswich Town and Scotland striker is joined by a guest in the studio. You think, well, he would be if he turned up. But sadly, he <laughs> wasn't. Harsh. Well, yeah. A bit harsh, not really. <laughs> Max didn't get there till 7 <clears> o'clock. Oh, is that what happened this morning? Yeah. I didn't hear the show this morning. Fletch had to do the first hour with uh, Big Sam. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow, <laughs> together at last, Fletch and Big Sam. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Did they get some woking in? Yeah, probably. This is fantastic. All woking. They did. They did. Yeah, the producer was listening. Yeah, He's right. a talkie fan, so basically complains about any woking <laughs> mentions. Complained to the authorities. <laughs> I mean, any woking mentions, such as, as Alan woking up yet? No, I don't think he has. No. Um, Do you want to hear that thing of, uh, we were talking about Jose Mourinho earlier yeah. in the uh, show about the uh, incident at the uh, face-off, uh, ice, ice hockey, hockey yeah, he, he, ceremonial he, face-off. He fell over, he tripped on the red carpet. And uh, last night when I was searching for some footage, because I you know, just fancied ever cheering myself up by having a look and at him falling, falling on his face. Yeah, I did feel a bit sort of cheap looking at it, searching for it. But mm. but I found I found a couple of uh, ways of covering the story. Here's, here's one that I found. Have we, have we got this one, John? Are we on? Oh, yeah, here, here it is. Here. Okay, good. Jose Mourinho took a tumble at an ice hockey game. Image, Twitter, Mourinho was sacked by Manchester United in December and replaced with Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. Ole Gunnar Sausages. <laughs> One day all news will be presented like that. It's fantastic. You have to watch an advert. Yeah, before it goes through. But each one of these reports has got like about sixty-five people or something. I can't work out who's doing this and why they think it's of any value. Who gets the? Who says? Oh, I don't want my news read to me by um, I don't know Moira Stewart or something. <laughs> nice, Mister Zeitgeist, there, Andy, <laughs> yeah, last newsreader he can remember. <laughs> She's retired from news reading, Andy. Has she, really? she did in about nineteen eighty-seven, I think. All right, somebody Hugh Edwards. She was with Chris Evans before, yeah, but yeah. I'm on the telly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But Hugh Edwards, right? For Hugh Edwards. That's, oh, that's nice. Do you yeah. want your news presented to you by Hugh Edwards in a nice Welsh lil, or do you want some robotic voice like that? Well, look, I, I'm no expert in these matters, but I'm guessing you went looking for it because you mm. wanted to hear some or see some pictures or hear some commentary yeah. of Jose falling over. There was a photo of it, as you yeah. as you heard there, of Twitter course. photo. Yeah. So. <laughs> You go there, and enough yeah. people go there. Maybe the bloke makes some money. I suppose so. I don't Sixty-five. Know. I don't think it's going to make so him somebody, rich. Somebody advertised on it anyway. And uh, Brian Blessed has oh, yeah. signed up to be the voice of bacteria, <laughs> which spread the plague at the Museum of London it's, exhibition. So it's, yeah. it's an exhibition about the plague, and there'll be sort of like animated bacteria. And Brian's the voice of the bacteria. Yeah. But you won't think bacteria. You'll just be thinking, why is Brian Blessed shouting at us? <laughs> Mummy. Yeah, it'd be good. Gordon's alive, not for much longer. I would imagine he'd be doing a bit of that, wouldn't he? He always gets Gordon's alive in oh, yeah, I suppose Norway. He will, yeah. Now, um, over the years, maybe, when you were playing sport as a kid, maybe your old mum came along and watched. You know, it's always nice to have a bit of mm. uh, parental support, isn't it? But spare a thought for David Bander, uh, Madonna's lad. Uh, he's playing for the... Uh, under 13s, the youth team in for Benfica is decent player. Oh, she's yeah, she's moved the family class, there, yeah. lock, stock, and barrel. They've all gone over, and she rocked <clears> up to this under 13s game. And it's a bit at that age, you're a bit, you know, your mum comes, and that mm. age, you, you, oh, you're, you're embarrassed, you're, you're a bit I mean, embarrassed. Yeah. But she's turned up in a long red coat, a hat, tracksuit, uh, tracksuit bottoms. Grills, you know the old things on the front. I know she likes those grills. She likes the old grills. Did she have the Sondicos on to cover up the old veiny hands? Uh, Did what the goalkeeper's gloves? (laughs) I don't know. But she's turned up in the full gear cowboy hat, leather cowboy hat. It's bad enough when your mum's just standing there. You know, when you're 13 years old, it's a bit embarrassing. (laughs) Imagine that. 
I know. Well, it's, I so would if, be embarrassing. if you've got any more tales of uh, maybe old uh, your old mum turning up to support you and it all going pear-shaped, then do let us know in, in light of David Bander's embarrassment that uh, Madonna turning it's up. It's definitely a new thing, this parents coming to one. Because, I, I mean, when my kids played, I used to yeah. go and watch them. But when I played and when I played, <clears> my, no. my parents never came and saw me play for the school or anything like that. They wouldn't have thought of it, really. Well, they'd probably been working Saturday mornings, wouldn't they? Well, no, 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 not at all. Yeah, just, no? well, I don't think just they were interested. They weren't interested. Yeah, they weren't That's interested. That's quite sad. Yeah, well, can not we really. Can we book him in with Gary Bloom? No, no, no need, because it's that was the way it was. Well, you know, nobody didn't, might have been for you, Andy. <laughs> My parents used to cry every time up. No, they didn't. <laughs> the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Hey, it's Sharon, and here's where it gets interesting. Raise your hand if you want salon perfect nails for just $2 a manicure. Yeah, me too. With the Alvin June Manny system, you can say goodbye to expensive services that take hours and hours and love your nails more than ever. I would know I've been doing it for years. Get 20% off your first Manny system with code PERFECTMANNY20 at alvinjune.com slash PERFECTMANNY20. That's PERFECTMANNY20 at alvinjune.com slash PERFECTMANNY20. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. What did you have? Yeah, I've got a theory about top keepers. I think it's last night when Declan Rice missed that chance and he put he was trying to sort of put it right in the angle sort of thing wasn't he and he could have edited anywhere he, he wanted to be so precise accurate, yeah. so precise but he was too precise he had much more room than he realized and I, I often think that if you know as an attacker that it's it's um Allison or Edison or you know one of the top keeps David De Gea you know that sort of thing yeah it makes you although <laughs> David De Gea I call him Darren Brown De Gea because he's got somehow got this mystical ability to make the strikers play it straight at him yeah but it is interesting. Is so it magnets, you think? I don't know what it is, but I think there's something well, about... Well, last David I think you saw that with Deli Ali, who's yeah. normally pretty good in those situations one-on-one, and it was more or less at... Well, it wasn't at David It was a good save, but, yeah. you know... But it, they yeah. were in that game particularly, but not just in that game. Even on Sunday in the Leicester game, mm. I think it was a Vardy's shot. No, he pulled off a couple of great saves. I wanted to talk about him. His yeah. importance to the team. Oh, he's yeah. so important, isn't he? He's absolutely... So we'll do brilliant. that a little bit uh, later on. Good. And uh, the Maroon 5 singer, uh, the Maroon 5, of course, did the uh, half-time show. Half-time show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's in trouble, actually, Adam Levine. Oh, yeah. Because apparently people are comparing it to the Janet Jackson wardrobe malfunction. Mm, They are. He he took his top off, didn't he? He did. uh, He's multi-tatted, wasn't he, really? Yeah, but the whole show has been universally panned. I mean, I've never seen a... Normally, SpongeBob was the star, wasn't he? I think that's what they were saying. (laughs) People (laughs) think about the best thing. 
And um, and you were quite taken with Gladys Knight's version of the anthem you were telling well, me. Well, I thought she was all right. Yeah. Good, she, okay. didn't do, she didn't do a bad job, really. Excellent. And, uh, and Gemma Collins has done a complete and utter Lennox Lewis here, but almost a double Lennox, because she's talking about two people here. She says, when I'm the GC, I'm in control, but when I'm Gemma, Arge is in control. Arge likes both. It depends what mood he's in. It must be quite difficult for him to be yeah. going out with who's he, who's, he, who's he with, the GC <clears throat> or with Gemma? Yeah, I mean, asked to explain the difference between the two. She said... She's talking about herself. The GC's probably a bit crazy, very outrageous, very out there, doesn't care what she says or does. She's very near the mark, but says what people haven't got the guts to say. Gemma's a lot more romantic. Is she really? (laughs) Tremendous. The GC for me... Yeah. Is is Graham Courtney, of it's course. The only man, GC for me. Our man in the North East, he really is. So I, really I, really I, is. when I hear the GC, that's who I immediately picture. <laughs> I, I can't see him. He could be on Dancing on Ice. I'm sure he'd do a great job. He really would. And our old friend uh, Ali Ross, he's, he's got two football quiz show dough balls of the week this week. I oh, do yeah. like these. These are where basically Ali monitors. Um, sort of the many daytime game shows. Yeah, stupid answers on daytime game shows. And this was uh, Joe Lysett's uh, show, I think, the, t- the Time It Takes. Mm. And Joe asked Real Madrid play their home football matches in which Spanish city and John came up with a brilliant answer of Barcelona <laughs> unbelievable how could you do that? and then uh, panic panic sets him Ben Shepherd on his uh, tipping point he said this is slightly more difficult because if you don't know anything about football Hadjik Split are a football team <laughs> gee, it does say the name of the town that they come from in the title yeah. Hadjik Split are a football team from which Eastern European country mm. and uh, Jennifer came up with the answer of Japan <laughs> It's brilliant, isn't it? It's what well pressure does. That's pressure, Andy. That's all it is. Those. It's not stupidity. It's pressure. Um, it's out here that uh, Joe Thompson is hanging up his boots. Joe came in and saw us mm. uh, a few months ago. Well, his fantastic book, uh, Darkness and Light, was out. Um, the Rochdale player who... I mean, it was a fairy tale return, scoring the goal that kept the team up. But uh, he, he was telling us at the time, he was injured at the time, it was a hamstring injury. And it was taking ages to heal. And you did sense talking to him then that, mm. you know, Shame he did a... Admit that the, the the cancer treatment twice. Of course, he had cancer treatment and really taken a toll on his body and his his ability to heal quickly. Um, and ultimately, he's decided that he, he can't carry on playing, which is a great shame. Um, he will be having a chat with us tomorrow, so we'll, we'll catch up. Good, with yeah, Joe. you impressed me. I'm sure he'd do very well in his life, whatever he does. He's a yeah, fine young man. He is. And um, what else have we got here? Um, yes, I'm just looking here. Having a look through? Having a look through, seeing what I like. I did like this story. It was quite interesting. And um, uh, Dave Kidd and his column was talking about rugby league today. And, uh, and the idea, we're going to be chatting. Uh, uh, later in the week, to uh, Eddie Batty plays for uh, London yeah, I like Broncos. The sound of him. Yeah, he's a very interesting character. Broncos made a decent start. It's good to have rugby league back in the capital. I think it's very helpful. They are looking to broaden the appeal, of course. Brilliant and, weekend to launch it in there. Uh, and Dave Kidd was saying um, the Castleford game the other day. There was a, a Twitter appeal for a lost pet, and he said it was a bit unfortunate, of course, uh, it being a northern heartland and looking to uh, broaden the appeal. There was a ferret. Really? Yeah. <laughs> somebody That's had lost very their, stereotyping, somebody had lost, isn't it? Somebody had lost their ferret, but he said it was, a bit, yeah, it was a little bit unfortunate, really. I was reading about this opera that's going to be on, and uh, the tickets... Are unbelievable. You think uh, tickets for football and sport? You're are doing. Expensive. You're going to do uh, twenty is plenty for the world of opera. <laughs> I think we should. Yeah, would because be good, wouldn't it? Uh, 
They're the four biggest nights in British opera this decade, apparently. Yeah. If you want tickets in the stalls, it'll be £3,435. Oh, yeah. Happy to be in the gods with a restricted view, only 1,872. Well, it is opera, so you can, it's more, you don't have to see it, I suppose you can just listen to it. But it you is. You have to go very cheaply. You could go and see it incredibly cheaply. If yeah, you, but this you know. is Jonas Kaufman and Anna Natreb, Trebko. I do struggle with those Russian names. Oh, yeah. And, uh, I mean, the, you're, just, you're just saying, I don't know who these people are. Anyway. No, neither do I. But yeah. these are the two people that you're paying all this money to see. Okay. And apparently they're almost as notorious at the times for their no-shows as their performances. That's not good. So you could pay three and a half thousand quid and they could say, oh, very sorry. And I can't so. make it a night to... to, <laughs> yeah. to, to the, yeah, the, it's been taken off Gemma Collins. The GC, <laughs> yeah. No, the GC, because she's a bit more out there. Oh, yeah, she's Gemma. Really. She's, it depends on the role. If it's a, if it's a romantic role, she's Gemma. Yeah. And she's at the opera. But, uh, yeah, well, that does sound a lot of money. Uh, Leeds, while I've been mm. away, of course, Leeds have been going through it. Four defeats in six games for Leeds. It's almost as if their preparation for games has been affected. But I can't <laughs> think why, can you? It's strange, <laughs> no. isn't it? No. It's almost like they're not able to prepare in the same way for matches. <laughs> Do you think they've stopped doing that? Well, I would imagine he has. I mean, it'd be a. I mean, he should start turning up at games and uh, training sessions with a false moustache on. But uh, I don't know. I mean, they must. Have, you think they haven't stopped doing it then after everything that went on? I think it's his methods, aren't they? That's what he does. I can't imagine he'd. He's been told say, to stop, hasn't he? Well, you know, he's still studying. The t- I can't see that makes any difference. No, I mean, you know, it's just a coincidence. I think. I do. I mean, you know, not that I'm a big fan of Leeds or anything like that, but I, I'm, it sort of appeals to me if they did get back in the Premier League. I think it would be good for the league. I think, you know, they're you had, a big, you had a, you had big a bit, team. After that cup final in 1970, you had a big thing with Leeds-Chelsea, didn't you? Yeah. You didn't really a, didn't get on, did no, you? No, no. Um, but even in the 90s, you know. But it's, I mean, to see what's happened to them and see, you know, I think it would, a lot of people would say, who cares? But I, I think it would be good to see them back. Uh, somebody noted uh, that, not me, but someone I was reading, that uh, during the cricket, uh, a company called Simply Cremations were advertising. Really? And they made the point that it would be better to do it in the Australian the Ashes series. Yeah. I thought, yeah, that's a good idea. Well, what sort of ads were, were they? Well, just Simply Cremations. I hadn't actually seen the ads myself. I presume they're well, looking, they... looking for a cheap cremation. That's... Come to Simply Cremations. It's <laughs> a bit on the nose. I'm not sure that's going to work. That, Mike Dean, that was the ad. Mike Dean. I don't know how else you'd advertise it. Mike Dean's going to. Were they posters or were these adverts? Actual adverts? I, I think they were. It sounded not, like. No, I don't, don't worry about that. Yeah. Uh, anyway, we are looking for perimeter other, advertising. We are looking for other methods of Mike Dean to um, celebrate his hundredth red card that could mm. come against uh, in the Chelsea Manchester City game this weekend because they're the teams he's, he's booked most for. We need some uh, suggestions. Um, uh, Ellie says, what about, or is that Eli? What about a um, Mike Dean Adebayor style run the length of the pitch beating his chest <laughs> and then slide in front of the fans on his knees? I think the fans of the player he's very, just sent off. That would be very good. Yeah, that's the other nice idea. idea. That's a brilliant yeah, idea. Yeah, that's right. Uh, Mike Dean's 100th red card, says Stephen. They should have one of those confetti cannons ready filled with 99 red cards to fire in the air. And Mike has to throw his 100th uh, at the same moment. That's a very nice moment. Obviously, the obvious thing to do with Chris. The cherry, of course. Uh, he suggests everyone in the crowd to preempt it is given a giant red card to hold up with a hundred spelt on it, all corners of the ground. And mm. um, when the big moments come, uh, up it goes. But uh, I can't see that. Talking of uh, simply cremations, I may have told oh. you this before, but when I. You've got shares or something? No, I haven't, actually. No, I have no You're idea where they. Cheap cremation. <laughs> yeah. Thanks. I um, When I was in menswear. Oh, yeah. Um, not the band, by the way, no, when he had a shop. Yes, men's fashions. 
Our shop was two or three <clears throat> shops down yeah. in this particular. It was in Kingston. Actually. It was this shop called Just Trousers. But what they, they sell? <laughs> exactly. But they didn't just sell trousers. They sold other things. And you just think, why would you call a shop Just Trousers? Okay. I've no idea. I wouldn't open with that, Andy. No, it's not a, it's not a routine. It's just an observation. <laughs> try and do that with four other people. Go down Archie's route and then see if I get uh, that work. No. I wouldn't try the Just Trousers. I used to love Andy too. Jacobs. Remember the Just Trousers routine? It was fantastic. Yeah, you should have like. worked it up even more. I prefer working with Max. He did. They just let me slaughter him. <laughs> <laughs> much better. My wife said to me, it was much better. No, was it? Yeah. Oh, she likes me having a go at you, doesn't she? No. Oh, okay. Fair enough. I'll stop doing it then. Oh, yeah. yeah good luck with that. <laughs> the Hawks. Be and Jacobs daily podcast from Talk Sport. Well, Hawks Andy Jacobs uh, here on Talk Sports. Um, before we chat to Jeff Pope, the writer of uh, the Stan and Ollie movie, let's just bring you a little flavour of the trailer. You're not oh. still carrying that around, are you? Because I went ahead and did a picture with someone else 16 years ago. You and Harry are just going to be great together. I couldn't sleep for days when they told me what you did. And I couldn't sleep when I did it. You betrayed me. Betrayed our friendship. I loved us. You loved Laurel and Hardy. But you never loved me. The doctors told me I can't continue with the tour. My heart won't take it. He asked me, since you were sick, if I wouldn't mind carrying on the show with somebody else. May I introduce to you Mr. Nobby Cook? You're not leaving, are you, Stan? The show must go on. There we are, mm. just a, a bit of a flavour of the film. We haven't seen it yet. Are you mad? Uh, you should definitely <laughs> go and see it. Good afternoon, Jeff. Good afternoon. Uh, I tell you, I, mean, I, I said, I went and saw it on the, the kind of first Sunday of previews and came in on the Monday and said it's a kind of film... Made with a lot of love, you're kind of clearly a massive fan. Yeah, it was a labour of love. I think, I think, like a lot of people my age, I'm in my fifties. Um, I what I remember is when Laurel and Hardy were on on the telly on Saturday mornings. It was mm -hmm. such a big thing. It was, it was this was a time when telly was off for large stretches of the day. You know, you it would go on. You know, it wouldn't be nothing until lunchtime. Yeah, which was watch with mother. Then <laughs> nothing, and then it would come on at tea time. And so to have this, what I thought with my brothers and my sister this program just for us was 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 amazing and that's when i think i i think when you fall in love with someone as a kid like a football team same mm. thing it does it's not just doesn't just oh yeah i love them it really really goes into you so that's that's where, how i feel about Lauren Hardy. it's interesting our producer as he watched some of the, the set pieces in the film uh and the, the stuff mm. from way out west which we'll come on to in a moment but yeah. he'd not seen those sequences i think there's a whole generation of people probably in their mid 20s yeah. who've not seen it because, yeah. because they're not shown anymore we were talking about it. is it a, a licensing thing they're or? timeless aren't they yeah. classic yes they are no it won't be a licensing thing they're they're still available and they're they, they, uh, that you know, they, they all. I mean, I, 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 I bought the whole DVD set yeah. a few mm. years ago, and I mm. must have bought the VHSs when they came out. So no, the, they're still there. I'm sure it's not licensing. I think they, they just go through. Cycles. It's not a PC thing, is it? No, 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 no. Because no, no. no. there's nothing in there that uh, no, that you know, there's nothing that that by modern eyes looks racist or homophobic or anything like that. And there's. No, no, it's just they go they go in cycles. And I'm hoping that uh, it's great to hear about your... I'm assuming he's 15, your producer. Like, <laughs> well, no, it, it's <laughs> a sort of mid... There he is, look. There, there he, he is. Look. He's, he's, a, 12, he's a child. Actually, yeah. So we've got a mic issue. We're going to move you on to another yeah, mic if we can, Jeff. But, yeah, he's, yeah. It, but it's it's a bit worrying when someone of his, of his years says, well, 
I've not seen that stuff. No, I, I, the same thing. I, I think that, um, I think what I decided, what, what the approach I took was to not do a biopic, hmm. um, which classically would be Cradle to Grave. You know, yeah. this is, hmm. So I instead uh, did a love story. And it's between two, two guys, two heterosexual guys, who famously in their movies, like Morecambe and Wise, many, many years later, shared a bed. And I, as a kid, I thought nothing of it. I'm thinking, well, if yeah. you've got a really, really good friend, why wouldn't you? You'd mm. be exciting. Didn't occur, nothing else occurred yeah. to me. And the story I tell is that they weren't so close in, in, um, in, in, in their real lives as they were in their movies. But in this last, on this last tour, when, when they had you know, health issues, money issues, it was very arduous. They actually did finally become as close in real life as they did in their movies. Yeah. It, it's it's based on a tour, a 1953 tour of the UK, and as, yeah. as Jeff said, they were kind of on their uppers a little bit when they, 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 the, the glory days had gone. And they but were, even in the glory days, they didn't make the money no. they should have made, did they? No, no. Yeah. That, that, that's one of the things that drives it all on, is that they were, play, they were paid amazingly well by the standards of the day. You mm. know, in the 1930s, they were p- paid, I can't remember the exact figure, it's something like $150,000 a year, say, um, which was... An absolute fortune in the 1930s. Yeah, but they they were they were brilliant artists, but they weren't businessmen. Like so, a contemporary of theirs, Charlie Chaplin, was also a businessman. So he worked out. Hang on, the studio is going to take my film and distribute it, and they're going to get a couple of million, and I'm going to get my my slice of that. I'm going to set up my own studio, mm. which he did. Yeah. So consequently, by the end of his days, Charlie had this massive mansion in Switzerland, and Laurel and Hardy were, you know, they they they. They were they, they were they were hard up. They weren't destitute, but they weren't they weren't wealthy. Yeah, and uh, it's, uh, Ollie liked to punt as well, didn't yeah, he? Yeah, he did. That, yeah. you, which you <laughs> kind of talk about in the film. The other the yeah. other thing is uh, the roles of the wives in the film mm. of both their wives. Great, again, great performances, and uh, you obviously did a lot of research into into that. But they're almost like a comic turn in themselves, aren't they? Yeah. Well, the the thing about the wives was I I have a thing about those films where wives are just ciphers they just mm. exist only as reflections of the men in the stories so uh two things when they arrive it gives the film a different vibe it, it becomes something slightly different from mm. just those two uh but i also spent a lot of time as you say looking into them and it was very rich material uh, Ida stan's wife was very dramatic and east european and uh you know she'd been an actress herself and lucille ollie's wife was very apple pie so the two of them you know very wholesome apple pie the two of them were very different hmm. um and so again that that just i thought okay i i, I found ways to to bring them to life as well yeah the, the most interesting thing about i don't know if you found this paul but the most interesting thing about all the research was the most basic thing, which is I just assumed before I really, really read about them that in their personal lives, Ollie was the dominant one and Stan went along with what he said. Mm. Which because is of their happened. shape and their size yeah. and, and the relationship. Films. Yeah, and the sort films, of what yeah, happens yeah. in the mm. films, isn't it? But it was entirely the opposite way around. And it's mm. so wrong-footing when you realise that. Yeah. that. In fact, no, the, the, the man who did all the deals and the man who did all the writing and was in the edit suite was was Stan. Yeah, I mean, I'd, I'd read a couple of books about him, so I, I kind of did know that because he was the comedy perfectionist, yeah. wasn't yeah. he? I mean, Stan's story is an interesting one. Even it is. if you do go cradle to gravy, I mean, he understudied Chaplin, Chaplin. did with Fred Carno's army when he yes. went to the States. It's a fascinating. The, they went over on the same boat. Him yeah. and Chaplin shared the same bunk. And Chaplin, uh, uh, yeah, Chaplin got a bit jealous of him, didn't he? I think they he kind of he yeah. elbowed him out the picture. Well, they were a lot funnier. 
Well, they well, you're, well you're they e- were. You're either Chaplin, some you're either Beatles or Stones, or you're Chaplin. Well, or it's right. Hardy. It's amazing. Chaplin was a subject of the Icon series, and they showed, of course, what he achieved and what he did was amazing. But it, it never makes you laugh. Whereas yeah. Lauren Hardy do make you yeah. laugh. Yeah. I, I, t- I, I agree, and like you, I I admire and respect what Chaplin did. But I'm just going by my my reaction to him as a kid. Hmm. I I didn't laugh. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't. I I just thought some of it was quite amusing. But it, it was there was a there was some it it, it didn't have it didn't connect with me in no, the way that Laurel and Hardy I, did. I, exactly. And the same. of course, I don't. You know, none of those uh, giants of silent like Buster Keaton and and Charlie Chaplin made properly i don't think made the leap to talkies hmm. which laurel and hardy did they made silent films and then they made a lot of the those films again as as talking pictures but the way they did it was those films were effectively silent films with some dialogue in them yeah. they didn't because the, the you know go to the cinema and you watch a film and there's nothing no dialogue just captions the the temptation was to smother it with everyone talking and Whereas they mm. resisted that, so it's very spare the dialogue. Yeah, the the performances in the film have yeah, had great say, plaudits, they? Yeah, yeah. Uh, John C. Ryan and Steve Coogan. I mean, was it was it always going to be those two? You've worked a lot with Steve in the past, haven't you? So was it always going to be those two guys? Are the guys you had in mind? They were the first. They were first choice, mm. and uh, and and it, that when you when you settle on them so much in your mind, the problem becomes oh, what if they don't do it? Uh, Steve, I'd worked with on Philomena, mm. and. Uh, it was almost too obvious a choice for about the right age. He was younger than Laurel, but from the north of England, physically mm. the same sort of build, and, yeah. you know, with some prosthetics. And and it was just one of those stupid things where I held back and held back, and then I just thought, what? And I said to him just one day, look, I've got this. I didn't write this one with him, and I talked to him about it, and and he said I'll read it, and then I think he he like yeah. like me was was in love with them. John John C. Riley was. We just thought, wow, he'd be great because I love with my son's um, stepbrothers and yeah. Talladega Nights. And yeah, I thought he was a G, and also the stuff he did before that with, um, you know, the uh, uh, Boogie Nights and mm-hmm. those kind of films. Uh, and we just contacted him, and it was one of those rare things where he said, you know, he he, he thought about it for a couple of weeks, came back and said, okay. He was, he's a Lauren Hardy fan himself, mm. wasn't he? I think that probably helped. That, that yeah. probably helped in terms of, you know... Massively. Yeah. They both, they both are. Yeah. They, and they also talk about uh, fans as... Fan, you know, um, in, as, as in a, themselves mm. fans, but also as comedians, th- you know, absolutely appreciating how brilliant Laurel and Hardy were. Because the, the thing about Laurel and Hardy is they were put together. They didn't exist as a... Music hall act. Yeah, they they um, Stan did do vaudeville, but Ollie only ever was a film actor. And Hal Roach put them together, and it was manufactured in that sense, the double act. Mm. And Riley and, and Coogan, in a smaller way, said, "Well, they they vaguely knew each other, but they'd never worked together, and they were put together yeah. to to play Stan and Ollie." And so they went in a tiny way through a similar journey mm. for this for this film. The, uh, I hope people go back to the source material and, 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 and you know, because a few nods to the films, a little nod to the music box when you're in yeah, the train station. Yeah. So there's little nods to the films if you know the films, but it'd be really nice off the back of this. People go back and some of the so. younger guys who go mm. and check it out that probably haven't seen them. So. Yeah, I'd love that if that was yeah. the case. I'd love it if um, uh, some uh, a channel, uh, a satellite channel, or, or even BBC Three or Four or something, someone decided to have a season of their films because... Yeah. 
I, 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 my sons, when they were, you know, five, six, seven, I, I'd show them. Yeah. And, and they were entranced. Mm. And I, I think they, it's as, it's as fresh as a daisy. The most interesting thing about them is they, they're a double act, Laurel and Hardy, and yet they're not. They're not like a straight man and a funny man. They're yeah. both straight men and both funny men at the yeah, same yeah. time. And mm. that's what's so unique about them. It's their, the characterizations were mm. so perfect. We have a quick, we are talk sports. We have a quick, who's your team? Spurs. You're a Spurs, Spurs Big Spurs fan, yeah. Okay. Mm. It seems we may be, in, so am I. It seems we're inching ever closer, moving into the new ground. <sighs> yes, yeah. I. Uh, it's funny, I've sort of, I got very angry about that roundabout November, December. I've mm. kind of forgotten about it now. <laughs> and we've just had the most unspurs-like run mm. with 2-1, um, 2-1, 1 nil. Yeah. You know, late winners, gritty uh, wins. We never do that, do we? No. Um, so uh, it will be. F- I can't wait to go and see it. You keep seeing bits of bits and pieces on social media. You know, workmen who take a photo and post yeah. it. But it does look extraordinary. That's oh, going to be amazing. I got I got in there a few weeks back, and it Did is. You? It does look pretty amazing. Yeah. Wow. So when it when we finally get in there, it's going to be good. But uh, I suppose it'll be worth the wait. It doesn't feel like it now. But I know. Um, Good luck at the the BAFTAs Thank you. this weekend, and well done. So I've really enjoyed the film; it's fantastic. Well, thanks, people, people should definitely go and oh, see. Definitely, it. That's very kind. Thank you. All the best, Jeff. Thank you very much. You've been listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Hear the guys every weekday between one and four p.m. on Talksport. There you are. That was this afternoon's show. We should let the listeners know. Really, it's all been voted for, and Mister Parry won, didn't he? He did. Yeah, with Danny there, seventy-four percent of the vote. You won't be surprised <laughs> That's to hear. It's a ridiculous clip. So, so that's us. Um, and we're back tomorrow. Joe Thompson, who sadly announced his retirement. Incredible story Joe has. We'll be hearing from him tomorrow. And also Terry Gibson with a bunch of cl- uh, Classicos uh, upcoming. Terry Gibson, Spanish football expert, pops in to see us. Till then, have a fine evening. Roundabout Season 2, presented by Nissan, is live now. And we're back to share more stories from the road and the memories made along the way. We're talking rest stops. If we're stopping to get gas, you will be timed. Misguided plans. I grew up in the city, so I have, like, you know, a healthy fear of real extreme darkness. <laughs> a lot of laughs. Y'all weird, but you, yeah, you, you were different. And so much more. Listen and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.